Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunt and Bugle, the number one place to get a kayak fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. United pick up their biggest away win of the season as Salford has seen off in Greater Manchester. We look back on the Blues' impressive 4-1 win over the Ammies in the Peninsula Stadium while looking ahead to this weekend's FA Cup second round tie at Walsall's Westcott Stadium. Yes, we've got Super Paul Simpson. That was ringing in my ears all Saturday, most yeah. of Sunday as well, wasn't it, Mike? What a wow! What a uh, what a performance from the Blues, wasn't it? At the uh, yeah, what an away day! Quite incredible stuff, wasn't it? Really, I couldn't, I couldn't mm. quite get over how good we were at times in that game. But uh, we'll talk a bit about our day out as well at Salford, won't we? Because it's um. Interesting, what is it? It's an interesting stadium, interesting way of getting there and stuff. So, um, mm. so we'll just have to see. But, um, but yeah, pr- I think fair to say, pretty much everybody we spoke to, leaving the ground, there's a few listeners who said, Oh, you're gonna have a good episode to record this week. Uh, were chuffed about that result, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, what's to, what's to knock it? It had everything, and I don't think. Well, obviously from our predictions last week, certainly none of us were predicting 4-1 and none of us were predicting, uh, well, two of the goal scorers at least. No, that, did, did any of us go for Christian Dennis at all? I mean, none of us did. went for Dennis either, no. I so. think there was a feeling that he maybe wouldn't be fit to start, possibly. That was, mm-hmm. the, that was the possible worry. But, uh, but yeah, fantastic stuff, wasn't it? Um, right, before we get going, let's uh, let's cover all the usual stuff we do at the start. Um, uh, reminder that yet again this season, the podcast is being sponsored by the Carl United Supporters Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Carl fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. And also, as the usual reminder, um, social media, we are on there. You, you can find us uh, at Brunton Bugle on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook, just search for the Brunton Bugle and click like. Um... And as well as that, we're on the companies.net message board, the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group, and you can drop us an email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Right then, Mike. Oh, sorry, no, as well, uh, if, you, if you don't already, uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. Just remember to do that. Just uh, search on your podcast app for Brunton Bugle. Click subscribe, and any time a new episode comes out, you'll get a little alert telling you the episode's available, and you can download and listen to it at your leisure. And if you can, give us a review on any of those apps. That'll be wonderful stuff. Right, Mike, uh, no news to cover this week, is there? I think it's fair to say we've, it's been another quiet week, which yeah, not necessarily a bad thing, is it? <laughs> the number no. of quiet weeks we're having at the moment. It's, it's, it's slightly reassuring, but slightly worrying as well. But there you go. Some interesting stuff, wasn't there, from Greg Abbott this week, though, actually? On yeah. the official side, and if you've seen it, he's been doing uh, interviews with the with the media and the club's media um, mm. about his role and what he's been up to, and how they're planning for January, how they're planning ahead for next summer as well. How how difficult it was during the summer. So um, I'm we, impressed with him. He says he gets to like eight or nine games a week. I mean, fair, fair play. Like <laughs> I mean, he'll be, he'll be covering all the under twenty one games. Right? So, I mean, it's yeah, that, yeah. If there's a couple in a day, you can get grabbed to a couple, yeah. can't you? So. So yeah, but he, I mean, I think he loves it, doesn't he? I think you know, it, yeah. it's a perfect role for him. He seems to get on really well with Simo as well. They seem to be a good team, and uh, yeah, we're certainly reaping in the, the dividends, aren't we? We we always said, didn't we, that um, he's someone who has a real eye for a player, isn't he? Mm. 
His past record shows that, doesn't it? So it's uh, really good to see that we're getting the benefit of it now because I'm sure he's, he's given that to other clubs since he's left us as well. Um, right then, let's, uh, as we've got no news, let's get into the loan watch, Mike. Uh, only a couple of bits to go this week because um, Lewis Bell and uh, Lewis Boyd, neither of them were in action this weekend. Uh, Greta 2008, um, they've got a, I think it's a Scottish, East, it's like East of Scotland or South of Scotland Cup. It's like a League Cup sort of qualifying competition game or something this weekend i've no idea who it's against i, I saw it earlier but i forgot to write it down but um but the, the next league fixture for them isn't actually until uh next saturday the, the 3rd of december when they play cowden beef in the uh, lowland league uh, and lewis boyd was supposed to be playing for carlisle city against bishop auckland but that game at uh um at carlisle city's ground was called off due to a waterlogged pitch um he'll actually be playing uh this weekend in north yorkshire when city take on north allerton town so the two that were in action, Mike, uh, Max Killsby. Um, unfortunately, Alan's good runs come to an end, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, a bit of a shame this one. They had a couple of good results, but um, yeah, brought a little bit back to, down to earth against Elwyn City. They lost three one. Um, Max did play the full ninety minutes against. That's fourteen appearances now he's made for them, which is it's, it's, that's the best part, about it, isn't it? The fact that he's getting these games under his belt. That's the thing we can be pleased about. Um, yeah. And this weekend they face a, a border TV derby against uh, Stranra. They're tra- travelling all the way over to the uh, south uh, west tip, I suppose you could call it, of Scotland, isn't it? Really, um, mm. I say derby. I mean, it, God, it, it's it's a worse drive probably from Allen to Stranra than it is from Carlton. Well, maybe not from Carlton Barrow. Maybe it's because it's a bit longer, but it's nearly as bad. Having uh, mm. done similar in the past, it's not. A bit, I'm sure you've probably done that one before a few times with your old jobs, have you? Maybe uh, no, Stranra, actually, no. I thought you might have been out to Stramra, but there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Max will be back in action this weekend. Um, Sam Fishburne, he missed last week's game. He must have had a knock or something, but um, he was back in action for Morpeth Town. Not a great weekend, though. Um, they went down to a 2-0 defeat at Warrington Rylands. He came on as a 60th minute sub in this game, but he'll be hoping to get back in the starting eleven for this weekend's home clash with Belper Town. Um, there is something, actually, I need to mention in the uh, X-Blue section later on in terms of... Um, the uh, the game between Morpeth and Warrington Ryland, so I'll cover that just later. Right then, Mike, that's enough faffing about all that stuff. Let's get straight into the match review section. And uh, yeah, what a game to talk about. Salford 1, Cal United 4. The Blues dominant. I mean, not in terms of possession when you look at the stats, but dominant in terms of the performance, weren't they, against a, a team that's considered a, a promotion rival, I suppose you could say, and um, a team that's been well-backed, certainly in the past, and probably still is now you'd think and I don't think anyone who's, who's at the game could argue that we deserve the three points I've seen some things from their manager and some of their I think their co-commentators suggested that the scoreline flattered us a bit but I, I completely disagree I think we were fantastic and, and well worthy of a 4-1 win yeah definitely I mean one thing that Simo said which I was quite impressed with is he said we knew that they were going to dominate possession but yeah. we just had to keep it in places that we weren't too bothered about Whereas I think you get other managers who would see that Salford like to dominate possession and think, right, we've got to stop them dominating possession. Whereas Simo's like, no, we know that that's what they're going to do, but we just have to deal with that and then hit them where it hurts. And that's exactly what we did. I mean, yeah, just that, that second half, that 15-minute spell where we just mm. absolutely battered them. And we'll talk about some of the key talking points from why that happened in a bit. But, um, but yeah, backed by another fantastic following as well. 1,300 fans there in a crowd of... 
I mean, 3,400, not, not great elite two level, is it? If you, no. <laughs> you're only getting 2,000 home fans in, but um, mm. that's another story altogether, I guess. Um, but yeah, what, what, what a terrific effort from the lads. Um, let's get straight into it then. First up, team selection. Um, Taylor Charters kept his starting place for the fifth game in a row, didn't he? Mm. Which was uh, interesting, because we, we, we sort of suggested maybe he would get dropped for this game, possibly, mate. Switch mm. it up a little bit and bring Gibson in, and, or maybe Dennis or Stratton to go up alongside... Edmondson, but um, but no, he showed a bit of faith in Taylor. Um, he's certainly putting a marker down on the team, isn't he? And it was Jordan Gibson that lost his place to Christian Dennis, who you know there's been concerns about his fitness of late. But again, what a great game he had as well. We'll, we'll discuss in a minute. But mm. um, were you particularly surprised by the team selection? I think when we saw it on our way up or in the pub, I think, I think we were kind of like, this seems fair enough, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't so surprised. I mean, you've got it down here as a three-five-two, but when Charters is in there. There were times that it looked like the sort of three four three with a sort of front three of Charters, well, Dennis in the middle, and sort of Edmondson out wide as well. Yeah, I, I think it, it sort of it was quite a flexible formation, I, wasn't it? Really, I, I've said three five two, but on the basis of that's what Simo sort of seemed to suggest it was from yeah. the start because he suggested the reason Charters started was as much to play him as a number ten to put him mm. on Elliot Watt and give Elliot Watt something to think about in terms of mm. the physical presence there. So um, that's that's the reason I went with that, but yeah, it did become a bit more of a three four three at times, didn't it? And um, mm. Charters has just shown how flexible he is. He can, he can play in that midfield three. He can play just behind the front two. He can play on the left wing. So mm. he's, he's turning into a really really good player for us. It's really really impressive. Um, yeah. Let, let's let's talk about chances and goals. Then I mean, what a start! I mean, absolutely flying. I mean, they dominated the ball for the first couple of minutes, but then we got really got at them. Mm. Um. From, from their throwing, it should be said, on on, on their right, balls mm. played in and, and Moxon wins the ball back um, and does really well to hold off his man and then slots a lovely ball through, doesn't he? Fantastic ball, wasn't it? Yeah. It perfectly weighted. That's the key thing with it because you can overhit those quite easily. Mm. And he was a bit off balance as he did it too, so he did really well to get it to him. Finn back, full credit, first time shot. Keeper makes a, a decent-ish save and... Mm. I think that for, as a keeper there, there's not much else you can do. And your, your no. feeling is to your defenders, be alert for this because it's going to come loose mm. and you need to clear it. None of that. They're all stood ball watching and Christian Dennis said, thank you very much and put it into an empty net, didn't he? Yeah. And there was nowhere, no one anywhere near him, was there? So no. yeah, 1-0. Thank you very much. Yeah. And he was definitely onside as well, it should be said, actually, because there's a player yeah. on the six-yard box line and he's behind that. So um, so yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, I mean... For the rest of the first half, I mean, there was. It's interesting because I, I, when you look at the stats, it's, it shows that they had 14 shots in total and five were on target, and we had 16 shots and seven were on target. And yet, I'm looking through the chances they had. They didn't have that many in the first half, did they, actually? I mean, you've got Callum Hendry had that long range effort that went well out. I mean, we were right behind it, it was well yeah. over the bar, wasn't it? It was comfortably over. Uh, there was. Um, Finn back at the post as well. I mean, oh god, so unlucky that wasn't he? Yeah, love again a lovely weighted ball through from Taylor Charters this time, mm. perfectly into his path. Takes his touch, try, tries to slot it around. It's just a little bit more bend on it. It's a goal, isn't it? Mm. Um, unfortunately, that that was actually the end of his game, though, wasn't it? Mm. Um, as he as he, I think he pulled up, stretching to play the shot, mm. and um, tried to play in a little bit after that, but he just couldn't. And obviously, Jack Ellis had to come in, which we'll talk about later. Um, and there. Thomas Holy actually made a. It's interesting. He, he was very dominant on crosses, wasn't he? I mean, Ibu Toure on the left for them was putting a lot of balls into the box, wasn't mm. he? But it was pretty easy for for Holy. And then there was a couple of times where 
I think he really is actually to it. Playing a lower ball into the box was better because it makes it a bit more difficult for yeah for um, Holy to claim it. Um, but there was one where he overhit the cross, and Holy came to go for it and sort of panicked a little bit. I wouldn't say flapped it, but he got a touch on it to take it away from one player. But it landed to um, is it Torash, the uh, the lad on loan from Brighton, and he hit a first time. Well, it was, I can't remember if it was the first time, but he hit a shot and. I didn't realise at the time because it's difficult from where we were stood we were on the other side of the goal weren't we mm. so it's harder to see having seen it back it's a brilliant save isn't it yeah it was a brilliant sort of recovery wasn't it because uh, he was kind of in no man's land a little bit with the cross but to come back across and tip it over at such a key point in the game as well uh, massive save that was yeah and just after that from the same play he made a really good shot save from a, a low shot that was sneaking in just inside the post wasn't it as well mm. so he goes to show he didn't have a huge amount to do Thomas in this game but for the two mm. times he did have something to do he was sharp he was alert and I think all the other chances they had were just long range efforts that were pretty comfortably saved weren't they really? yeah I mean I think it's a game that um, the expected goals statistics would have been interesting for it I know some people aren't into it but while in the first half they had loads of shots none of them really looked like goals Whereas we had sort of two decent chances in the first half that were really, really good chances. Yeah, they, they, well, I mean, they, there's an argument that when they hit the post, again, it should be a goal like the other one, isn't mm. it? So um, um, I'm just trying to work out, see if I can find out the information about the expected goals. I probably should have found this before I started, but anyway. Um, yeah, uh, other than that, we actually have another couple of chances ourselves. We'll see, um, Guy had a long-range effort over the bar, was always going over the bar, wasn't really so much of a, a clear chance, was it? But... Um, but Huntington, nearly. I mean, this is one that's kind of been forgotten in all this, hasn't it? Because it's been there were so mm. many other chances. People kind of forgot the fact that well, actually, Paul Huntington had a header from a corner. Was it a corner or a free kick? Or maybe a free kick. Can't remember. Header from a corner. It's cleared off the line. Yeah, it, it was cleared off the line, and he was going in comfortably, mm. going in as well. So, really good header off the line from their player. And in a, in another, you know, another day, we're going into the halftime break freeing it up, and <laughs> you couldn't really argue with it. Mm. Could you? It's, it's it's quite incredible. I'm, I've got it up now here, Mike. Expected goal for this game: one point oh nine for Salford and one point eight three for us. So mm. we we outperformed it quite well, actually. To be fair, to get four. But well, I think the second half certainly skewed it a lot in our favour. But I think the first yeah. half they had a lot more shots on goal, but none of the, like I say, none of them were threatening. Yeah. I mean, looking at here, the top um, expected, uh, yeah, the top player XG. For um for us, Christian Dennis zero point seven, which you'd expect, you know, a ta- two mm. tap ins basically. Paul Huntington had zero point three, so the other chances weren't that good, you know, clear mm. chances maybe I guess. But um, but there you go. Um, <clears throat> into the second half. Um, yeah, so frustrating to concede this goal only seven minutes into the after the break, isn't it really? And it's it's one of those ones. It's um, we defended really well from the initial set piece. Got some good mm. blocks in, and the ball was cleared out to Toure. And he's not, he's not out right on the on the, at the left by the corner flag or anything like that, is he? Because I think mm. if he puts the ball in there, he tries to put a bit of height to get over the defenders, and Holy claims it because he's a bit more central. It's actually, I think he deserves more credit for the ball than Holy and whoever was marking Smith deserve criticism for poor defending on from our side. I think mm. it is. A, I think it's a really, really good ball in because it's it's an awkward. It's in height. that corridor of uncertainty, isn't it? Absolutely, that's the right phrase. And mm. it's a height where Holy's like, oh, I'm kind of coming clean, but if one of them gets there just before me, I'm probably yeah. taking them out. And he's not totally in control in that situation. Mm. There's an argument that he probably should have come to get it, and I'm sure he'll probably think himself that he should have come to get it. But it's it's a great ball in, and, and 
Matt Smith gets his little touch on it and it flies into the back of the net. And at that point, mm. you think, I, I kind of feel like in previous games or previous seasons, we've been, oh, here we go again. We're gonna mm. drop, you know, we're going to end up losing this. Never thought that, did we? We were, all, we were all, the four of us that were stood together in the stand. Mm. were kind of like, yeah, it's all right. We'll come back. We've had chances. Well, the, f- the fans started singing pretty much straight away, yeah. you know, to really get behind the team. And it sounds mental to say, but I think that Salford getting that equaliser was the worst thing that they did because we were quite happy to see the game out at 1-0 and then they scored. And our players just had a rocket with the backside and we just unleashed hell on them. Yeah, we we really stepped up from that point. I mean, Mox, interesting, some of us didn't appear in many of the highlights. Is Moxon had a, a shot from about 40 yards, didn't he, that flew just mm. wide of the post. We were right behind yeah. it, and it was, the keeper was scrambling a little bit. He was and, nowhere near it. He wasn't going to get to it, was he? Um, and then uh, Moxon had a, a low shot after a bit of a scramble from a set piece. that The keeper was going one way, and it deflected, and it only just deflected wide of the post. And he again, that would have been a goal if it had gone in. Mm. Um, sorry, if it had been on target, I should say. Um because the keeper was going completely the wrong way. From the resulting corner, United retook the lead, didn't they? And mm. I mean, it's one of those ones, it was a short corner, and you think, every time I see a short corner, just put it in the bloody box, don't piss about with it like that. <laughs> it was played short to, um, on the right by Charters to Moxon. He shows nice footwork, digs a cross out, finds Edmondson, he's headed down, gets blocked, and then, I mean, considering he'd never scored a league goal before this <laughs> season, He's now, Callum Guy's now got three this campaign. And yet again, it's an absolute belter from outside the box, isn't it? He could have a goal of the season competition by himself. They've all they've all been candidates for goal of the season, haven't they? And, you know, it's such a key point in the game. And one thing I noticed, um, so I saw, I noticed his partner was at like sort of maybe on the second to last row of that stand to our right. Yeah. And when that goal went in, she was like right down at the front, going absolutely that, yeah. mental. Uh, which you know you you love to see. I mean, absolutely everybody was going mental. To be fair, but yeah, just the away end erupted, and I think the players got a little injection of that and thought, yeah, we want a little bit more of this today. That you know, that that really, I think you got it absolutely bang right there. That that mm. gave them a lift. You could see it. Mm. But you could see the, you know the. Uh, what's the word? Um, testosterone. You know, they were mm. really getting pumped up, weren't they? they were like, yes, that this is what we want. And, mm. and the th- funny thing is, with it, where we were behind the goal, we didn't actually see it hit the back of the net, did we? <laughs> no. The only thing we could tell is the fact that the keeper dived at it, the back of the net rippled, and then everyone just went mental to the yeah. left of us. Like, oh, it must have gone in then, and everything yeah. just went absolutely balmy. And yeah. the goal celebrations on the um, the pitch side blue stuff was fantastic, wasn't it, really? So you, yeah. if anyone hasn't seen it, go and watch it because um, there's all kinds of things going on. I mean, you've obviously got Callum Guy going, Mad Edmondson, a few of us, you know. And Dennis the Menace up. stealing people's hats. Well, free, I think, is the totally managed, wasn't it? So basically all the, the stewards are trying to obviously get the players back away from the crowd, which, you know, people complain, but that's what they're told to do. It's their jobs, isn't it? So they're trying to get them back and and Christian Dennis is behind them and he's like, I want to have a bit of fun here. And he picked one hat off Dropped it on the floor, picked another off, dropped it on the floor, and then after we after all the celebrations were sort of done and they were walking away, he sort of looked back and go, ah, why not another? And walks over to this lad who's got his back to him, takes his off and throws it up in the air. Almost <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It was a really good to see. Um, but yeah, like after that point, we were just we were just really just getting into them, weren't we? And um, yeah, Corey Whelan, another player who's really stepped. I mean, his contribution this season has been fantastic, and we've said it a few times, but like. You need that if you can have a good season. You need players who 
who aren't going to grumble if they're left out sometimes, who are going to wait for their chance and be patient and yeah, take it. Yeah, I think a lot of teams, if you're to have a defender as good as Morgan Feeney go off injured, that can cripple you. That can yeah. really cripple you. And, you know, Whelan just comes in, does his job, sort of no nonsense. Yeah. And, yeah, gets a goal. And, Needless to say, none of us predicted him to score uh, either of our predictions. I, I should say, we, we, we've we got one. I mean, I, I went for Huntington again, didn't I? And he had one bloody cleared off the line. The bastard. Oh, was, that, yeah. was it you that went for that? I can't remember who it was. I, I went for Huntington as well, I think. Or, I, or no, I, I, went, think I went for Feeney, uh, Feeney I think. Or, one of the, or maybe someone went for Mellish. I can't remember who. But um, I can't believe we've got just over 20 minutes in. And that's the first mention we've had of, of Feeney going off very early in the game mm. for Whelan. So... Yeah, you know, it goes to show, like, we have these setbacks. I mean, Salford must be bloody cursed that pitch, mustn't they, really? I mean, mm. you, you had an easy description of the pitch, didn't you? Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a catfish. Like, it didn't look like a horrible pitch. You know, you see some pitches that look like a potato field, but it yeah. didn't look bad. But it wasn't until these sort of players were running on it and that you realised this is not a good pitch. And it's mm. it's no surprise that two players players went off injured. To be honest with you, it, it was cutting off quite badly at times, wasn't mm. it? It was. It wasn't nice to see in some places, but um, but yeah. So fantastic from corner. You know, basically a corner from the uh, from the right by chat. So, I'll tell you what, what a fantastic delivery he's got with his left foot. Yeah, something we've been missing a, a little bit of an alternative. And I think Simo sort of mentioned this, doesn't he? The fact that he's got a good left foot and he likes that balance he brings, and he, mm. you know, it's not just in terms of general, you know, normal play. It's yeah. things like set pieces. He adds us a different dimension. We can whip yeah. a ball in like that. And Moxon can do it on the other side. It's exactly yeah. what we need. And yeah, terrific ball in. And it, it's funny because just before that, we'd had another chance, haven't we? And I think Whelan was getting pulled all over the shop, wasn't he? Oh, my God. It. Yeah. it was ridiculous. Like, he was practically much having the shirt taken off him. And Huntington was the same. He was having his shirt practically pulled and off And the referee him. was right in front of it as well. Yeah, he did nothing, nothing about it, did he? So this ball comes in. And we were screaming as the ball was being hit, ref penalty, penalty, because the, Whelan was basically being held back again. Mm. And we were screaming penalty, and then as soon as he got his head in, hit the back of the net, like, ah, it's all right. <laughs> just, it's all right, just leave it, and we just get on with it. And mm. yeah, just again, it went mental, didn't it? And uh, mm. kind of, I thought it was quite nice that Whelan went to the other side of the goal, actually, as well, because all the other celebrations came down our side. So mm. nice to balance it out a little bit. But um, <laughs> but yeah, fantastic head. I mean, just, you know, just got himself. I mean, a ball like that is just asking to be headed in, isn't it? It's just so well yeah, delivered. and exactly. And, and it, it had sort of such dip on it. Like, yeah. it was sort of in the six-yard box, but at the same time, when it went past the keeper, it was too high for him to claim. Yeah. And yeah. it just sort of looped down right onto Whelan's head, and he couldn't really miss, could well, he? He'd almost stooped to head it, didn't he? It wasn't like he was yeah. heading it from a high height. He actually stooped mm. down, and really, really good control finish again. Even though it was literally right in front of us, it's very hard to tell it actually gone in at first, wasn't it? Again, it was hit the, the back of the net rippling as what told mm. us that the, the ball had gone in. And um, yeah, brilliant stuff. And then um, uh, I'm just checking there was any other chances I missed that. I, mean, I think I can't remember if this was in between them, but oh, John Mellish was so close to scoring as well, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, a, it was a good chance, wasn't it? Uh, sort of on his right foot. I don't think he realised exactly how much yeah. time he had. Uh, but he absolutely terrorised them when he went into midfield, didn't he? Yeah, that's that's one of the talking points we definitely got coming up because mm. you know, and then some people listen to us saying, "Oh, you always say John Mellish is good. You never say anything bad about him." Well, tough shit. We're gonna say how <laughs> he, we're gonna say how good he was this week because he was fantastic. Yeah, he really was. Um, um, 
Yeah, so he had that chance. It sort of bobbled about, didn't it? And he sort of fell to him. And Salvatore was just watching, I think, waiting for an offside. Didn't come. Mm. And he just snatched it, didn't he? I think it's, if it's on his left foot, it's in the back of the net, basically. But it landed mm. on his right, so it was a bit tough for him. But then, uh, yeah, the fourth goal comes. And it's funny, he was absolutely dead on his feet, Christian Dennis's point, wasn't it? There was one point yeah. where he actually got to a ball first. And the defender still sort of got it off him and got away from him because he just mm. he, he was dead on his feet. Mm. And similar at that point, and this was literally about seconds before the goal, mm. I think Simmons was like, right, I'm going to have to sub him off here. But the ball didn't go out after that. Mm. And um, he came back to our defence. Sort of, I think Guy played a ball forward and, and Moxley did this wonderful sort of shielding and turn on the ball, didn't he? The two defenders mm. left it. He was away and we were just screaming, go on, go yourself, go yourself. Hit it when he got about 25 yards out, but he got blocked. But then Charles did well to recover the ball. Lovely little pass into Moxon. He finds John Mellish maraudering down the, the right wing, as, as is his want. Um, he gets into the box, hits a low ball, crawl, low cross, um, deflects up and sort of, not really over the keeper, was it? It wasn't really a really high height, but it... It kind of wrong-footed the keeper, didn't it? Wrong-footed the keeper, and Dennis did exactly what good strikers do. He got himself into a good position, waited for the ball to come and just nodded it with a diving head into the empty net, didn't he? And yeah. I think at that point, you know, even though he had two goals, I don't think he was bothered about waiting to get a hat trick, was he? Because he was, he could barely walk after yeah. that. So he was fine with that. Came and celebrated with the fans again, and um, and that was pretty much it. We had, we had a couple of sort of half chances, but nothing really major after that, was it? We just saw the game out, didn't we? And mm. really professional performance, and yeah, three brilliant points, wasn't it? It's just, it's hard to find any real negatives from this game, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, well, negatives not from a Carlisle perspective, but we sort of touched on it before. Another poor referee performance. Um, he see, bottled, see. he bottled sending Narty off. Uh, it was already on a yellow, and he mm. did another bad foul. Uh, it was pulling Whelan's shirt right in front of him. Yeah, didn't notice. I, uh, it, it was one. Of, I think if we didn't win. Would be more bothered. But I just well, thought... yeah, it's interesting. You put, you're probably right with that. But I mean, it's funny because you were saying how oh, bad he was to Chris, who was there with us. Yeah. You were talking to him, and I, I think I sort of chipped him up and said, "I don't think he's been actually that bad. I think we've had a lot worse." And no, but yeah, I, the, I know the par for a bad referee is late in Orient now. I know, so. I, know I know. But I, to be honest, <laughs> I, I still think even even if you take him out of the equation, I think we've had a few worse this season. A few dodgy decisions, but generally let the game flow fairly well. And yeah, I can't, I can't crumble. Two. I mean, then we won four one. So who cares, really? Don't yeah, it? that's the important thing, isn't it? But there you go. Um, right. Before we go to talking much, we have a, a couple of our um, six second reviews. Yes. Um, what we're going to start with? So we've got uh, we've basically got three of our regulars. We've got Greg Bullman, Regan Thompson, and Young Craig Robson. So who do you want to go with first, Mike? You pick. Uh, we will go. We'll go with little Craig. Little Craig, right? Let's have Craig's. First. Let's go with the best first, then, shall we? Yeah. Let's yeah. Have looking at it. Right. Here's Craig. Here's Craig's thoughts on the go. The Blues go marching on another day. Amazing performance with a few hiccups, but we managed to sort it all out and we were all over them. We'll start with the negatives then. Um, Their number three I thought was really good in this game, and in the first half especially, I don't think we managed to keep him quiet, and as a result of that, they got their crosses in the box and eventually equalised. Gibson left on the bench this game, which was a bit of a surprise, but then again, I think Taylor Charles deserved to keep his place in the team. Gibson came on quite late and he didn't do much, but I think if you bring him on a bit earlier, then he can go run at them and cause havoc. Now I could talk about injuries. I don't like Salford, because when I think about Salford, the first... 
the first thing I think about is the disgusting toilets, and second, Joel <laughs> Senior, because when I was there last season, he got injured, and this time, Finn back and Morgan Feeney. Now, I don't know how serious it is, but I just hope they're back for the cup game on Saturday. Just going back to the toilet part, anyway, the only thing I'm going to say is they need some new ones. It's the worst I've seen, ever. Now for some happy news. Dennis finishing and positioning. His second goal was his 100th career goal. And holy serve as well. Can I just say, it was amazing. It was supreme. It was world class. And it kept us ahead. It was one of the best saves I've seen in my 11-year life. And finally, can I just mention the amazing away support of over 1,300. A great day out. Now I think that's all from, from me for now. Bye. Up the blues. Uh, another belter there from. I tell you what, plenty of toilet talk there. He's lowering the tone of this podcast, isn't he? Um, <laughs> tell you what, Craig. Let, let me tell you this, and I know you'll be listening. Oh, you haven't lived sunshine if you've not been. Hey, you didn't get to experience, and I, I think Mike might know which toilets I'm going to mention here. If you, if I, if I was going to say the worst toilets I've been in, Mike, what do you reckon I'm going to say? Well, there's been quite a few. I mean, my worst was Stevenage, to be honest. Purely because, well, well, you say that though, but right, you know, it had been a long drive and, you know, I'd had a big dinner the night before, don't need to go into too many details, but the lock was broken, right, and and the cubicle door was quite far away, so I needed to sort of keep a foot on it to keep it shut, but it was, it was quite far and it's just a very uncomfortable and awkward experience. I think we can can tell that. (laughs) No, I was going to say Booth and Crescent. Um, the most horrendous toilet you like. I mean, I, there's one time where they literally were flooding and you're having to wade through piss basically to get to get to the to the what what they called. They basically make the Warwick Road end ones and the paddock ones look like luxury. That's how bad they were. The ones that be from Crescent, and I'm sure we'll have a few tweets from other people telling us they they remember just how bad those <laughs> toilets were. Absolutely shocking. But um, but yeah, no. Uh, let, let's pick a couple of points that um Craig mentioned there. Um. Uh, well, the one about Tory is an interesting one. About you know, we didn't get enough help to, to stop him because he's. I didn't mind this too much because you know what, he he was constantly putting lot high crosses in from out from the left, and that wasn't a problem for mm. me. I, 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 he's a very good player, Tory, and he was whipping those in, and they were at such a comfortable height, pretty much all of them for, for Holy. Sometimes it's fine just if they're going to whip a ball like that in. Mm. It's okay. Keep him a fair distance away, so he has to put that height in it. My worry would have been if he got to the byline and been able to put a low ball in or something like that. Yeah. But it wasn't, so no. it wasn't too bad in the end. But but you know, it, it, it's a fair point. We didn't get particularly tight in him at times, and I think second half was much better. And I think Jack Ellis played a big part in that with his performance. Um, let's talk about the Taylor Charles point because I've got it as a talking point anyway. Mm. It's amazing to see the confidence he's got at the moment, isn't it? And it, how it's really great. He's great. You know, he looks like he believes he should be out there now, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I was to sort of have one minorly critical point about him, I mean, him and Moxon are different kind of players. Um, yeah. But for me, Moxon gets a lot of the ball. He sort of yeah. he sees a lot of the ball. Charters doesn't seem to get on the ball as much. Um, and I get, you know, sometimes he's further forward. and But yeah. when he does get the ball, he can really make things happen. But sometimes you want to see him just get the ball a little bit more to make things yeah. happen. But... No, I mean, he, he he's sort of put it on Simo now to drop him, and Simo can't yeah. drop him on, on form. And like you sort of said before, he's got that left foot, which adds a, a different dimension. He can place different roles within the same game. Yeah. He just gets on with it. He gives nothing less than 100%. Um, 
Um, and he, he's got that that long shot on him in his yeah. locker, which I think sometimes puts teams on the back foot as well. Um, he's, he's just a really good young player, and, and I hope that he stays with us for, for a good while and, you know, we can notch a good sort of 100-plus games out of him because he, you know, he, he's what we need. He's halfway there, isn't he? He's at 50 now, isn't he? Yeah. Mean, pretty much, so he's, he's doing pretty well. I know a lot of those have been as a sub, but hopefully a lot of them are going to be a start going forward. Mm. And, but no, I, I, I think him and Moxon are a little bit different. I think Moxon is a bit more of a busy player and, he, and he's going to yeah. get a lot more involved in the middle and Charles is probably going to have to wait for the ball a little bit more. But I think mm. actually... He looks technically so sound, doesn't he? As well, when he mm. gets the ball, he looks very tidy. The way but he physically plays, as well nice. for a young lad, yeah, he yeah, can definitely. put himself about. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the moment, he's keeping arguably our best creative player out of the team, isn't he? Mm, exactly. Which, which is a real testament to how much belief Sim has in him. And mm. I'm sure it's frustrating for Jordan. You know, I'm sure he, he wants to be out there and playing, but mm. but he'll get his chance. And I know he'll get his chance because you know we would players pick up injuries and stuff like that, and we, we change the way we play sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. But so there's a little bit of me as as well that kind of thinks with Gibson, and I, you know I am a fan of him, but Gibson got out the team because he picked up five stupid bookings, yeah. and you know it's almost sort of saying to players that if you pick up five stupid bookings and you get, you get out the team, you might not necessarily have your place back once your yeah. suspension's over. You know, which I think is a good sort of message to to give to to the team. And I think it's good as well to make him fight for his place as well, I think. I mean, that's not a yeah. bad thing, actually. And when he comes back in, I'm sure he'll come in raring to, to impress, won't he, as well, which is not mm. necessarily a bad thing. If if you know you can get back in quite easily, you might mm. be a bit, you know, okay, I don't really have to put that much effort mm. to, to do it. He knows he's going to have to really dig deep to, to keep his place yeah. in the team in the future. And, you know, it's the same for Taylor. I'm sure he knows that, you know, Jordan's waiting there to take his place if he, yeah. if he doesn't impress. So, so yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. I think he had a, a great game as well. Um, uh, also a note, uh, as, as Craig mentioned there, uh, 100th career goal for Christian Dennis as well. Yeah. Fantastic milestone. Not a lot of players get to that. So uh, re- really good to, to see him hit that. Um, what else? Anything else you pick, you pick out from what Craig said there? I don't think there was much else. It was all pretty much yeah, spot on, he was, wasn't it? he was quite thorough, wasn't he? Yeah. Very impressed by Thomas Holy's save as well. So um, yeah. I presume that's the one we were talking about, the one where he came across when he sort of mm. dropped the cross initially so that, that's the reason why I probably can't give him as much credit as I probably as, as Craig did because I think he it's one of those ones maybe he should have done a little bit better with the cross but but there you go um right two more left Greg or Regan what are we going for we'll, we'll leave him um, yeah we'll, we'll leave Regan to last we'll yeah, cause we, know, we know how that's going to end don't we so as he told us he was going to be sending us this so, so there you go right here's Greg's thoughts on the game so the game on Saturday I thought we were going to get off to a bad start when we were in Brewdog and I thought you were going to leave your black pudding when you had your breakfast. I was really concerned. I thought I was going to have to jump in and eat it. But you found your uh, second wind and you ate it, so fair play. So got to the game. I thought it was going to be one of those typical away days, get the early goal and then just get everybody behind the ball. And, yeah, we gave up a lot of possession in the first half, but they didn't really do anything with it. It was comfortable and it just felt like it was going to be a comfortable win. Second half started, they got a good goal. Well, they had a good start to the game and then we just seemed to find another gear and it was, we just absolutely battered them. I've got to give a shout out to um, Whelan and Ellis. I thought when they came on, they were brilliant. It just shows that we've got some real strength in depth. It was it was a really, really great all-round team performance on Saturday. Um I can't think of a player that had a bad game. It was, 
yeah, every single one was solid. I thought it was Thomas Hawley's best game for Cal United. That save he made in the, uh, at the in the first half, I thought was brilliant. He was taking catches out the air. It was one of his most commanding uh, games for me. Um, we had a couple that nearly ended up on my head. Uh, that was thrown in our direction off uh, that seemed to be doing their rounds in their way in. So I think that must have been when the players were uh, stealing hats. And um, yeah, got a little bit carried away on the second goal. Uh, but all in all, a good day. Up the Apple Sours Blues. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. For those who, who probably, oh, no one will know the real reason about this. Basically, Greg told us uh, when we were before the game, we were in Brewdog, and then he said, Oh, I'm going to have to go to the pub next door. Though It's like basic. I think it's called the Shakespeare in Manchester. We're going to have to go there to get an Apple Sour. I was like, Why do you have to go there to get an Apple Sour? He said, Well, seemingly, him and Matty, who uh, also comes to the game with us, um, before every game we've won this season, have had an Apple Sour shot. <laughs> and that's apparently now the tradition. They have to do it, otherwise, you know, the Blues won't win. They had a yeah. Sambuca before Stockport, and look what happened there. Exactly. Yeah? So it has to be an You can't argue with facts. No. <laughs> Stone cold facts, aren't they, basically? So there you go. But no, it's it, interesting enough one who picking out uh, Thomas Holy's saves, and maybe I should give him more yeah. credit than I am, basically. Yeah, that's maybe you should. Look at it. Yeah, but um, you mentioned Wheeler now. We've obviously touched on Wheeler, obviously, but let's talk about Jack Ellis then. I mean,. Once again, coming in and doing a job at his age. I mean, you've got... We've got to remember the fact that Finn Back is only a little bit older than him. Mm. Yeah, they're very similar age, the pair of them. They've both been fantastic. And, yeah, it, we we discussed last week whether Back or Ellis, and there's a bit of discussion about what, who, who it should be. Um, we actually got to see them both play in this game. I thought Back was fantastic, actually, for the 25 or so minutes he was on the pitch. He, he just terrorised their left wing back, didn't he? He was mm. getting up and down the pitch. That he, yeah. he really pushed them back, actually. Um and very unlucky with the shot they hit the post, but obviously mm. picked up an injury as a result of that. Um, but Ellis came in and didn't get as forward as he has, has done as much in previous games, has he? But in terms of defensively, by that one chance Torrey had to cross in in the second half, Torrey did nothing, didn't he, really? Yeah. And that's a testament to how smart and switched on Jack was. I think the the difference actually is the second half we did change formation so John Mellish went up into midfield which we'll talk mm. about shortly which did mean it was more of a back four wasn't it so he yeah. probably didn't have as much opportunity to get forward as same with Jack Armour on the left but he just shows that he can do that role as well it's not just being a wing back he can be a full back as well so yeah exactly br- br- brilliant performance from him again wasn't it yeah and and that's kind of what we've come to expect of him now you know I'm almost sort of like why are we making a big deal out of this? This is the player that he is. That's that's what he's capable of. You know, it's uh, it's great to see. And and likewise with with Charters, I hope that he's with us for a long time yet. But you know, sadly, it's not always the way with these young lads. Yeah, it, it can be. It's tough, isn't it? Sometimes you, you're going to lose some of them. Um, we we talk, talked about a lot of players. Here. We'll talk about John Millis soon. I promise. Something I keep <laughs> trailing it, don't I? Basically, but let, pr- briefly as well to talk about Paul Huntington again. I mean, does that man lose a header? And it just every time exactly. he sends a head, there's nothing delicate about it. He gets distance on it. He basically makes sure he's heading into next week, isn't he? Mm, exactly. It's just so impressive to see how he leads that team without being captain. doesn't need to be captain, does he? No, exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons why Ellis has been so good. Having someone like Huntington alongside, you yeah. just, just sort of taught you through the game a little bit. He's He's been around the block. And, you know, I think we didn't need Ellis bombing forward once we had the lead, so... Yeah, it, it was. He was more of a right back than a right wing back. Obviously, you know the formation changed as well. But yeah, just both of them. I mean, well, I say both of them. You know, all of the Cumbrians in the team have just been 
been brilliant and it just adds that little bit I don't know I, I, I don't want to say it adds a bit of heart to the team because the non-Cumbrian lads have heart as well but yeah. it just adds a little bit more togetherness with the fans I don't know when, when it the adds fans, something when the fans know some of the lads who are playing as well I think that definitely yeah. helps because I mean you can you, you've seen Moxon's there's a brilliant photo that um, uh, Stuart Roy Clark you know with um, yeah. Holmes, Holmes of Football fame um, he uses the game photographs off, and he took a brilliant photo of, uh, of Owen hugging one of his mates in the crowd after, yeah. after the final whistle, which was just a really lovely photo. And mm. you know, it just it goes to show what he, you know what it means to these players, doesn't it? As well, mm. so I guess that's what it is. Right, look, we've put him off long enough. <laughs> is he going to give us the catch race? That's the question. Here's Regan's thoughts on the game. Yeah, what a win! Um, probably the perfect away performance. I don't think it's by far the best we've played this season, but. I mean, when you can put a team on a sword like that without playing your utmost best, then it's real positive signs. They they had their little spell. I think it was like 20 minutes at the start of the second half or something, but they didn't really trouble us too much other than that. Um, I think it says a lot about the club when they've spent however much money getting to this stage and changed gaffers how many times and they still resort to just humping it long. I guess you can throw the money you want at the end of the day, but you can't really you can't really build a football club that way. Um John Coleman said it himself that John Mellish is the MVP of this Carlisle team and I absolutely agree with it. I think if he don't play well, we don't play well. And when he's missing, you can really tell it as well. Um, so, fair play, John Mellish. Um, and I'll say the same thing that I said to John Coleman and that's that I, for one, know the crack. Shag is shagging, it's as simple as that. <laughs> he did actually say to, for me to sell uh, he forgot to put up the blues at the end so he, he passes on his up the blues as well to make sure he completes <laughs> the set but um, but yeah we, we've got to get the uh, the, the catchphrase in there at the end but um, that takes us on quite nicely doesn't it then actually he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's put us on to the next point I, I haven't even listened to those three this week and I've managed all the points I've wanted to talk about I've been in there so it's, it's lovely uh, yeah. it's almost like it's done by magic um, Viva John Mellish Play where he wants. Yeah. Wants to play if he wants to be. If he wants to take over as manager when Simmer leaves, give him the job. <laughs> I'd, I'd make him chairman. I don't. I don't what a guy! Yeah. I mean, like he's been excellent in defence this season, but it's actually noticeable how big of an impact he actually has when he moves into midfield as well in games. Mm. And Simmer has done it about four or five times at least now, maybe even more. I can't remember. But um, the, the thing that stands out for me when he does go into midfield is. Yeah, it goes in there and causes a bit of chaos. We know that. We've all, we always know he can do that. But he's a lot more careful with the ball than he ever was under Beach and Millen. And that's mm. a testament to the work Simo's done, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I sort of said, well, I said it on Saturday to you, that Salford are quite a, a team sort of built of under-21, like former under-21 under Premier League players. Mm, they were like sort that, of yeah. technically very good, but... They're not as sort of physical as, you know, some of the players who have maybe worked their way up through non-league kind of thing. And they just did not know what to do with John Mellish. They're, they're not trained to deal with a bull in a china shop. Um, you know, he just ran straight through them. And, well, I'm sort of going off on a bit, bit of a tangent here, but Salford were psychologically damaged by us. I mean, they... It got to a point they were four one down and they were passing it around the back and yeah. and they they had no intention of going forward because every time they went forward we just hit them back twice as hard and they were time wasting they were four one down and they were time wasting they'd play Incredible. down tying his laces for about a minute before he took a corner you know 
they were just they, they were they were terrified of, of of laying a glove on us and I think John Mellish played a, a massive part in that. At the final whistle, they were down on the knees, some of them, like if they yeah. lost a playoff semi final or something mm. like that. And and the I don't think they coped with the intensity of the game at all. I think you have to be right. And John Mellish, as you say, he's a, such a big part of that when he when he plays like that, he drives forward, he he's constantly in players' faces, he you know <laughs> it's been joked about that he's not the sharpest tool in the box at the club, <laughs> but you know, sometimes that helps. He did he just doesn't think about it, he just gets on with it and he he must have, I mean, I don't know what the stats are like, but the amount of times he won the ball it was astonishing that game, like mm. winning the ball back high up the pitch and just constantly getting in players' faces. And Well, and did, did you see it as well? Did you see the footage of Guy's goal? Uh, because, so when Guy scored his goal on that sort of court corner originally, their defender was all over John. He, yeah. he, he had hold of him. Anyway, Guy slammed it into the net and then Mellish, after the ball hit the net, Mellish just shoves him and says, yeah, have a bit of that. Watch it again, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, when he does stuff like that. All right, here we go. I'm trying to find that. While you were talking, though, I've been trying to find a heat map. There's a, if you go on whoscore.com, they do heat maps. I'm just going to have a quick look at John Mellish. Great visual feature this is. I mean, he's all over the pitch. On, yeah. on his heat map, he's constantly... Covering the whole pitch, I mean, half of it's going to be for each half of the pitch of uh, the game, obviously. I'm guessing, but I uh, just, I just can't get over how big a we missed him massively at Harrogate. We, we said yeah. that at the time, didn't we? And it really, really showed. And these last couple of games have showed how important he is when he comes into the team and what difference he makes. And and it and it allows us to change. And, and it, this is actually having him in the team as a defender makes a big difference to us tactically throughout the whole game because. Simon knows, all right, if I want to change the game, I'll push John into midfield and, he, mm. and it'll do the job for me there. Exactly. So he basically made 4 3 3 second half, didn't we? So Charters was sort of on mm. the left. And and again, a player actually we haven't mentioned too much. Edmondson put some real donkey work in this game, didn't he? Yeah, and a lot of the time the ball came to him and there's two defenders near him, yeah. which he often commands that because he's such a big lad. And I think that's why Dennis was in so much space for, for both of his goals yeah. because Edmondson was t- occupying two defenders. Yeah, and and the thing is actually as well, to be fair, Dennis didn't do a huge amount in this game. He was fairly mm. quiet, but he was in the right place at the right time for both goals, mm. which is exactly what you want, isn't it? So, so yeah, fantastic. I mean... We could go on all day, can't we? We named pretty much every player in the team, and how good they were, haven't we? That, that's how. That's the mm. kind of performance it was. It was. It was fantastic. And, 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 and it's weird. And you know, like you say, you know, Dennis, he scored a brace, and normally you score a brace, you'd win man of the match. But for me, I'd probably say man of the match was Mellish, and I'm sure that you could get 50 Carlisle fans, and they'd all give you a different man of the match. You know, Mellish it, or Moxon it, for me, definitely. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I think Dennis got it on who's called the because they based mm. on stats, don't they? So obviously. Two goals is going to get you that. Mm. But yeah, brilliant. Right, we'll take a short break and then we'll do uh, the League Two roundup and also a bit of a preview for the Walsall game. So we're back in just a second. Hi, I'm Owen Moxon and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. There you go, the Denton Home Pillow taking us into the second half of <laughs> the show. Um, so yeah, because this week um, we're playing Walsall, we played two weeks ago, we're not going to go into a huge amount of depth in terms of the preview for this section. Hence why I've moved the League 2 preview, uh, League 2 roundup, sorry, into the second half of the show, basically, just to balance it out a little bit better. Um, yeah, let's have a little look through the uh, results in League 2 from this weekend, Mike. Um, I mean, the one that stands out, especially in terms of the attendance, was 18,000, I think, wasn't it? Which was mm. quite incredible. Bradford City against Northampton Town, and 
Bradford have been going fairly well this season in League Two. Um, mm. Bit of a disappointing result for them, but a fantastic result for Northampton. A, 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 a three-one win. <laughs> fantastic. Bit of a six-pointer, wasn't it? Is it a bit early to say six-pointer when it's at the top of the league? Mm. Well, it, come the end of the season, I think Bradford might be thinking, "Oh, if only we'd won that one." Possibly, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard one to judge at the moment, isn't it? I mean, mm. it does push because I mean, the, th- the thing is, if Bradford won that game, then they actually went would have gone head. They would have gone mm. into, into, exactly. into four, third. So it, it, it is a big result for Northampton, definitely. I mean, Bradford currently sitting on thirty-three, and Northampton are sitting on thirty-eight. Northampton yeah. haven't lost in the last six now, actually. So it's a, a real turnaround form for them at the moment. I think they've. Mm drawn free and, and won free, so mm. absolutely flying there at the moment. I uh, should say at the top, Leighton Orient just continue to go big guns, don't they? <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. 40, 45 points already. They're going to hit their 50-point mark before Christmas probably at this rate, which, you know... It's incredible. Yeah, one of the best performances you've seen in this division. And still only two defeats for them as well, all season. Yeah, it should be noted. We've only lost one more game than them. Yeah. The problem is we've drawn too many. That's the problem. Yeah. That's why we, mm. we need to, to change things slightly. Because when you look at it, I mean, Barrow have lost nearly four times as many games as, as Orient. You know, they've lost mm-hmm. seven so far, but they've only drawn one. And they've won mm. 11, so they've won three more than us, which is frustrating. But, you know, mm. that's the way it is. Two points ahead of us they are at the moment. Uh, on, the, on the point of Barrow, um, they beat Hartlepool United 3 1. Um, mm. God almighty, Hartlepool look an absolute mess, don't they? Yeah, they really do. I mean, I'm not entirely sure that they'll be able to pull themselves out of it by the sounds of things. I mean, Keith Curl, I think, Still post-match. Yeah, well, he was giving it some of the some of these players are not good enough to play in the Football League kind of thing, which is very, you know, managers don't say that unless... Do you think he's including his goalkeeper in that? Well, Based on that goal, I mean, if you haven't seen it, guys, go look it up on Harlepool Barrow goal on Twitter or somewhere like that, or look up the highlights of this game. What the keeper Ben Killip is doing on this goal, I have no idea. He comes mm. out of his goal, got a good 30, 40 yards to sort of go for the ball. Completely sort of cocks up. I don't know if he's trying to kick it or control it or something. Leaves it. The, the player then nips it off him. He tries to win it back, loses it. Then tries to run back, and by this point, Josh Gordon's lobbed it into the empty net, and that just about sums it up. I think tell you what sums up the day for Hartlepool: Hartlepool fans fighting amongst themselves in the away end. Mm. That that's a surefire sign of a, a a club that is in an absolute mess, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Pretty embarrassing for them. Um, but well, sort of slightly on the topic of Barrow. I don't want to talk about them too much. But the yeah. Cumbrian Clasico is shaping up to be one hell of a game, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's one of those ones. I can kind of guess why the club haven't done it yet because they want to concentrate on the FA Cup game first, get out of the way. I know we'll have the Sutton game before then, but for me, as soon as that FA Cup game's done, get promoting that game against Barrow. Mm. You just got to. In fact, I've got a little idea about that in a minute, which I'll, I'll, I'll sort of mention I'm sure the club might be considering it as well. Um yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible, you know, what's what's happening to you know, to the two clubs this season. It's it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um through some of the other results, uh pass, going through a few here. Colchester free, Doncaster nil. Mm. Didn't see that one coming, did we? No. Colchester have been absolutely awful this season. Yeah. Well, really Harrogate good. three Mansfield nil as well. I mean, I think we saw when we went to Harrogate that they've 
they've got something in them. Yeah. But you know, I mean, Mansfield is still a good side. They, you know, they, they, I think they were in the playoffs going into that. And you say Mansfield is still a good side. They've only won one of the last six. Mm. No, but the I mean, they're still, they're still eighth. You know. But it shows how far they've they, they, they were right, sort of close to that mm. top three, and they've dropped mm. off massively recently. Mm. So it's so yeah, not not looking great for Mansfield at the moment. It, and Nigel Clough, I wonder how long it'll be before he's under a bit of pressure, I suppose. Mm. And, and Doncaster similar; they're only two points behind Mansfield. Obviously, they're not under a new boss now in um, mm. um, Daddy Schofield, I think, isn't it? It was what is field manager at the start of the season. So yeah, interesting one there. I mean, Colchester that result actually takes them ahead of Gillingham. Who lost two at Newport County? Mm. Nineteen games in, six goals. I mean, God. Mm. I mean, defensively, oh, no. amazing. Defensively, they've only conceded just over one a game, mm. which considering Hartlepool have conceded thirty-four, they've conceded twenty-one. Mm. They've actually got looking at it one of the better defenses in the bottom half of the table, Gillingham. Mm. But they can't score to save. I mean, they've signed Callum Harriet. I noticed that on a short-term deal today. That's a fairly decent sign of this level. Mm. But again, it's put a lot of pressure on his shoulders to get fit and, and scoring for them, isn't it, I suppose? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, imagine us being this stage in the season and we'd only scored six goals. Like, it doesn't bear thinking about it. I mean, I bet, even if they're like 5 nil down, I bet when they score one, the fans must just go absolutely mental. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, just to actually see a goal. Yeah, I mean, looking through some of the results, not a huge amount of standout ones. Some of them maybe Orient beating Stockport two one. We mentioned obviously they're doing so well so far, but I mean, Stockport had been picking up a bit of form, and that that's a really you know that's a statement result for me to go to a team that's hit the form and mm. heading up the table to then go and just beat them two one. Yeah. Orient are going up this season. I don't think there's much Surely. doubt about that. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a hell of a cock up by them to to not because they can they can afford mm. to lose two or three games and then pick up form mm. again. You know that's that's how far ahead they are now I'm looking uh, at the squad as well I, I don't think they're sort of overly dependent I mean I, I remember like Forest Green for example last season they were really dependent on their two strikers yeah Matt but Steve late, so. late and Orient aren't overly dependent on anyone I really I think they need Theo Archibald's a big one for them but I think the, one of the yeah. big things for them is I mean they're defensively they've only conceded 12 goals mm. you know they've, they've, it's interesting they've only scored as many goals as we've had we've scored 30 goals this season Mm. I mean, just actually looking through, we've got the, we've actually got the joint second best attack in the division. I, even, I hadn't even noticed that. Mm. that that's quite a, a testament. We, with Orient, the best attack mm. is Northampton with 34. Mm. But yeah, we're on 30 goals now. And yeah, it shows how good. I mean, admittedly, we've got six of those goals in a three, three draws, but you know, <laughs> that, that's just the way it is sometimes. But yeah, the 20 conceded is not quite as good, but I'm sure we can mm. sort that out probably, which is actually, again, one less than, than Gillingham. Quite incredible, isn't it? Mm. Um, no one's really to pick out um, bar that. I think that that pretty much mm. covers it off, doesn't it, in terms of the League 2 preview. So uh, let's get into review. Sorry, I keep saying preview. I don't know why I say that. Um, let's talk about the Warsaw FA Cup game. So no uh, behind the enemy lines because we tossed them two weeks ago and it's, it's pointless mm. having exactly the same conversation again. Um, this weekend, 3pm kickoff at the Poundland Bescott Stadium. <laughs> terrible. No. I suppose it's, it's a terrible name through sponsorship, but if it's pu- pumping a load of money into your club, you're probably not going to grumble too much, are you? I mean, I don't think I'd like to be called the, Brun- the, the Poundland Brunton Park, but it's something I'm actually quite proud of that we are one of the few clubs that haven't seemingly sold out the name of our stadium. But I mean, a lot of these clubs, 
the stadium. I mean, a classic example of this is Bolton. The, the, it'll still always be the Reebok Stadium, yeah. <laughs> even though they've had multiple names it's, since. It's often University of Bolton now, isn't it? I think. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's one of those things. I I agree with you. I'm quite proud that we've never done it. I'm similarly in that the fact that I'm proud that we've not had a, a gambling company as a front of mm. shirt sponsor. Albeit it's it's a lot less common at this level, I suppose. But there you go. Mm. Um, so yeah, for this weekend's game, Scott Oldham is the referee. Um, the 40 year old from Lancashire is in his sixth season as an EFL referee. Uh, this season, he's taken charge of 17 games and handed out 54 yellows with no red cards so far. Last season, he handed out 34 yellows and two red cards in 34 games. So he's not too card happy actually. Mm. Um, sorry it's not 35 I think it's 100 yellows I think I put that down wrong I do apologise 100 yellows and uh, 2 red cards about 3 three yellows a game and not very many red cards that's pretty decent to be fair that's what you want to see Um, in quite a weird coincidence the last time he actually refereed a United game was the 1-0 win over Walsall at Brunton Park last season where Hmm. Tristan Abrahams uh, scored a late goal to secure all 3 points for the Blues and Armour and Guy were booked that day I remember that one because I was supposed to be going to a, a gig in Edinburgh that night with my mate Liam, who came to the game with us at the weekend, actually, um, and and yeah, because of the storms and that, we couldn't we couldn't get up to Edinburgh, so I reluctantly had to actually go to the car game that I was going to be missing. So um, <laughs> so there you go, uh, three points did make up for it a little bit. Head to head record, sixty fifth meeting between the two sides. Uh, United have got twenty wins, twenty games have been a draw, and twenty four wins for the Saddlers so far. Yeah, Walsall, who played them a couple of weeks ago, Mike. Um, it's difficult to judge, isn't it? Obviously, when you when you play a team so close after you've already have done, we saw that with Tranmere. We, we, we won both games. It's a bit of a weird one because I think Tranmere are not, not a, a particularly great side this season. Um, yeah, uh, how, do you, how do you judge going into a game like that, when you, especially when it was such a tight game in the first one? It's, it's a difficult one to sort of work out how you can get the results, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different to Tranmere, isn't it? Because it was such a stalemate when we last played Warsaw, I think mm. they will have sort of thought, oh, Carl, I like to do this. Well, maybe we should counter that by doing this. But at the same time, we'll also be thinking things like that. So it could be a little bit more of an open game, I'd like to think. But, you know, either way, well, obviously there could be a, a replay. I think that's the last thing that we need right now. Well, you uh, say it's the last thing we need. But we've got a lot of players who need a bit of game time. So if True. we can switch things up, I think, and if we get a decent draw, I think we've grumbled at all if we, mm. we had a replay and a chance to go to Brunton Park and get a result. Um, yeah, a replay probably not the worst thing in the world that could happen, but you'd like to get it done in one go, wouldn't you, I suppose? Yeah. Um, looking through the squad, I mean, um, I think Peter Clark's actually left since then. I think he's gone to, back to Oldham on loan, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. Anyone's really stand out as people we need to keep an eye out for again? I mean, it sounds like from the from the first game, from speaking to people, that it was um, Jacob Maddox had a really good game for them. From what, what mm. I was, was reading, um, there's another one then. I can't remember his name. I can't find it. Um, I think Manny Month seemed pretty solid at the yeah. Uh, at I mean, the at the back. I mean, be interesting because obviously Christian Dennis wasn't 100 percent fit for the, the original game, so actually mm. he should be fit for this one. How are we going to where Jordan Gibson does get? Rested and we would be. Do we stick with the same eleven, which we'll talk about in a sec, I suppose. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting to see how we approach that in terms of what, what we change up. Um, in terms of the FA Cup, obviously into the second round now. First round, you just want to get through, don't you? Basically, you don't want to mm. avoid any upsets and that. You come into the second round now. 
this is where the excitement really builds, isn't it? Because you know, yeah, win, win this game, you've potentially got a massive tie in the third round, haven't you? Or you've got a draw against a team that isn't massive, but they'll draw Manchester United away in the fourth round. Yes, um, exactly. That's <laughs> typically what happens to us quite often. Yeah. Uh, it's happened a few times, I think. Uh, was it Torquay United that last? Torquay did yes, that, yeah. That's the one I remember. Yeah, a game we should have won as well. Um, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves in 10th here, but it, if we were to win, what would your dream tie be? Um, I mean, I've just sort of touched on it then. I wouldn't mind Manchester United because I've I've never actually been to Old, Tra- Old Trafford. No. no. Um, and I think the way that they're going at the minute as well, I wouldn't, I, I kind of fancy us to get a result, especially sort of, uh, you know, post-World Cup, I think, that maybe be resting a few players. Um, mm. I'm, I'd be too scared of Man City because they've just had way too much depth for their own good. Uh, well rested out uh, Erling Haaland up front as well. Yeah, exactly. That that'd terrify me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd I'd go Manchester United away. To be honest with you, I think be a, a massive money spinner for us, and uh, you know, an easy shot at getting into the fourth round as well. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting. I'd like to get Spurs away just so we can go to the new stadium because it looks yeah. amazing. Everyone on Spurs has said it's brilliant as well. That's the obvious one I think to go for. I mean, any, any of the London clubs away really would be uh, the big London clubs. That is obviously, mm. of course, that would be that would be a nice day out, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, like you, Man United or anyone like that would be great. But I think actually the obvious one would be Newcastle United away. The chance mm. to go to St. James's Park as well. Uh, you know, not, fairly local game. I suppose if we play them at Brunnen Park, it's more likely to be on TV as well, I guess. But there you go. We're getting ahead mm. of ourselves here because obviously <laughs> we're still going to be Walsall. I'm sure Walsall's sitting there thinking, hey, we want to play Villa. We want to play Wolves. That's you know that's mm. what we're looking for. You know we'd look a nice big home tie against them. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a good contest, I'm sure. Um, obviously last time out, Walsall did get a victory. They beat Crawley Town two one. Mm. Um, we didn't mention that one in the League Two review actually. Um, dramatic late goal in this one though, by the looks of things. Um, Crawley took the lead through Don Telford after eleven minutes. Hayden White, former Blue, um, he uh, equalised on fourteen minutes before. Uh, I'm gonna have to pronounce this properly. Uh, how do you reckon this goes? Fran- Francilete? Francilete. We'll, we'll go with that. Francilete was sent off on 39 minutes for uh, Crawley Town. And then Danny Johnson pops up in the 90th minute to get a winner for mm. the Saddlers and uh, keep up their really decent recent form. They're, they're making a bit of a march up the table, actually, it should be said. Um, mm. Currently up to 11th. So, you know, they're only uh, how many points off? Is it four points off the playoffs at the moment? So, mm. pretty tight. It's a weird month, isn't it? Because we're going to the FA Cup game this weekend. And we've only played three league games this month. In fact, some clubs have only played two mm. because of obviously because of the way that the season is with the FA Cup and sorry the World Cup and and all that fixtures are all over the place. And this month's become a really weird month. So how are they going to decide manager of the month? I have no idea. Mm. I'm guessing someone could win it with effectively with two wins <laughs> across the month, which seems seems mm. a bit daft, really. But mm. but there you go. Um, yeah, so I mean, let, let's talk about United then, quick, Mike, before we do predictions. Um, yeah, uh, what, what, what do you do with the team for this game? Do you stick um, or do you twist? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Dan touched on it a bit in last week's episode that maybe uh, Warsaw were a little bit too solid League 2 to, for like Taylor Charters, I think, um, as much as I'm a fan of him. So... It's maybe a good game to bring Gibson back in to sort of say, show us what you've got. Um, 
but at the same time, if Charters does play, I'm not going to argue against it because he's been in great form. So it's it's a tough one. I mean, you know, normally you pick your best eleven players on form, but I think we've probably got about thirteen players in good form at the minute. So what what do you do? I I think if I was going to make a change, I'd maybe rest Dennis from the start on this one because we mm. know he's had his car problem. You don't need to push him too far. You can bring him on as a sub to make a difference in a game as well. Mm. I think I'd start with Jack Stratton with mm. this. Get someone running at them. Have a bit of go with them. But bar that, obviously, if, if Feeney's injured and Backer injured, yeah, Backer injured, bring in the two lads who filled in for them in the last game mm. and just go with that. That's mm. what I'd do. And, and Jordan Gibson, just tell him, you know, you, if if we aren't getting a result here, you're going to be coming on after like an hour or something like that. So get yourself mm. ready and... And yeah, that that can make a big difference. I think I I just feel it's it's frustrating because it's kind of one of those situations where, you, in an ideal world, you think maybe change things up a little bit. But then another thing way of looking at it is we're in good form. Why 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 change that momentum? Why mm. risk disrupting it? You yeah, know? exactly. It's a month where we haven't had many league games, so almost treat it like a league game. Basically, it's the best way to look at it, isn't it? Really. So mm. so yeah, maybe that's what you do. Um, Right then, let's uh, let, let, let's go to the match prediction section, Mike. Um, we we believe that I don't think any of us picked Christian Dennis, Guy, or nope. Whelan nope. for for goals. And none of us predicted four one. No, so. no, no one got anywhere near that. So um, yeah, so yeah. Um, so what are you going for for this game? I'm going to go for two one mm-hmm. to the Blues, and I'm going to go for Jack Stretton, and I'm going to go for Owen Moxon as well. Okay, so you think Stratton's going to start, like, are they? Okay. Well, um, not necessarily start, but, you know, I just okay. think he's going to score. Um, oh, I was going to go for 2-1 as well. I don't know if I should be one. You know, I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to be more ambitious. 3-1, oh. and I'm going to have goals from Edmondson, uh, Moxon, and I keep predicting... Oh, do I want to keep going for Huntington or not on Mellish? Huntington, yeah. Huntington will get the other goals. There you go. 3-1 with those goal scorers. Right, here's Dan's predictions for the game. I'm going to go, I think it's going to be one all with a replay. Uh, I can see it being a tough game, uh, cancelling each other out like we did up at Brunton Park the other week. I'll go for Ryan Edmondson as our scorer. Oh, so that's mm. tight really. Could be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, right, okay. Uh, let's, uh, I was going to say we'll do the X-Files section but actually I just realised in the first half show we didn't really talk about actually the day out at Salford did we in terms of what happened there so no. so yeah I mean, let's have a little talk about it's our first ever visit to Salford um, we talked in the week about Harrogate didn't we Mike about how mm. the ground was a bit of a a basic it was like going to watch a you know to, to play a non-league club in the FA Cup wasn't it yeah Salford's ground feels a bit bigger doesn't it not much but a little mm. bit bigger I think maybe because it's four complete stands rather than a higgledy biggledy mash of about six or seven different mm. stands. Um, I thought actually the, the actual stand of the away end wasn't too bad. It could maybe do have been a little bit higher so you can see a bit more, you know, from mm. the bottom steps, but generally was okay. You could see most of what was going on. Um, certainly better than Harrogate. been a worse away ends. I mean, Harrogate certainly was worse. We've got to talk about something we don't really actually have to talk about because Craig's done it for us. The toilet situation was a <laughs> joke. The yeah. bar and the food situation was bad as well. They've got plenty of space around the back there as well. Mm. It just feels like they've been a bit lazy with that. They've been like, oh, we'll just stick them there. They'll, that'll do. Mm. So when they get a big away following, it, it, it just ends up as 
absolute chaos, doesn't it? I mean, mm. after the game, people getting so impatient of waiting to go for a wee in the actual ground. There was a lot of woods across the road, wasn't there? And people were just going mm. into there to, <laughs> to go to the mm. toilet, weren't they? Mm. Which is not a pleasant experience, I'm sure, for all the neighbours. But um, <laughs> in terms of getting to the ground, I'm not sh- I'm not saying having a railway station nearby should be a requirement of joining the Football League, but it should. Um, <laughs> no, it's like I mean, it's like a 30, 35 minute walk, isn't it, to the nearest station? And Yeah. Or, you know, even in Manchester, there's the tram, you know, yeah. have something nearby. But... It's tough because, I mean, they're, they're planning on moving to the AJ Bell, aren't they, at some point, which, mm. to be honest, public transport links again there aren't that great. The problem, mm. the, the advantage the AJ Bell has is it's got a huge car park there, so you can use it, albeit it's not that great to get into. I've been to the rugby there. Um, so it'll be just to see how that pans out for them but round the ground there was nowhere to park was it it was residential i mean yeah for the people who live there it must be a nightmare of them you know becoming a football league club because they must have been lovely having a nice little quiet ground next door but now well we saw as well didn't we at full time that somebody had, had uh, inconsiderately decided to have a house fire at full time uh well we're guessing a house fire i don't know but a, fi- a fire engine was trying to get through when everyone was trying to leave the no. ground and okay. it just had absolutely no chance you got that wrong, John. That was Paul Simpson. He called the the, the fire service because John Militia <laughs> just got back into the changing rooms uh, and yeah. nearly put out, didn't he? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, like getting to the ground is an absolute ball ache, basically. I mean, like yeah. we had to get an Uber up in the end, which took us a while to sort out because my phone decided to stop working. The signal in Manchester is just appalling at times. And mm. anyone who's been to Manchester recently knows that the city centre traffic there is just absolutely shot. I mean, in... I mean, I, I live in Liverpool, and the, the city centre traffic is nowhere near as bad mm. as it is in Manchester. I mean, you, I'm sure you d- deliver that way quite yeah, often, yeah. don't you, with work, and it, it's, it's just appalling at the moment. So it took us a while to get out there. We had a lovely taxi driver who was telling us about all the, the shops along the road up towards the ground, selling knock-off jeans and stuff like that. <laughs> Good quality <laughs> yeah. Levi's, apparently. Um, so he was a lovely fella, and, and then after the game, we are like, oh, it was just a nightmare trying to find an Uber. So we walked down a bit, and got onto a bus and as it was the contactless wasn't working on the bus so the guy just waved us on so we got a nice free yeah. journey back and exactly. then got stuck stuck in all the traffic at Manchester Victoria Station going to the uh, N-Dubs concert which I was not going to before you say anything Mike uh, <laughs> got to get in there quickly but um, yeah good fun day out wasn't it really in the end and it's one of those yeah. ones I think just if it was just if they could find a more convenient place for the ground I think they'd be a, a decent member of the Football League but at the moment yeah. it's just I can't imagine it's easy for locals to get there either so you know it's hard enough for us no, exactly. Yeah. And I think as well, the weekend that the game was, I think maybe some Manchester United fans at a loose end might have wanted to go, but yeah. it's not an easy ground to get to, like you say. So I think they're shooting themselves in the foot with it, really. Yeah, interesting to see what happens to crowds if they do move to the AJ Bell, because it, like I said, although it's got really good parking, it is the arse end of nowhere. So whether people would be prepared to go there, I don't know, but I'll have to see. Um Right, so let's wrap it up then, Mike. Let's do the X-Files section. It, again, as, as it's going to be over the next few weeks because there's no Premier League or Championship and obviously Scottish League as well. Uh, fairly quiet week, uh, but a few little bits happening. Um, first of all, Dinel Simeu. He's been a naughty boy, hasn't he? Mm. Sent off for Tranmere in their 2-0 home defeat to AFC Wimbledon. Um, interesting, I was talking to a fellow in work who's a Tranmere season ticket holder. And he was saying, like, just the red mist descended over him. And he just, I think he basically, I, mean, I, I don't know if he punched someone or something like that. I think that seems to be what happened. And I think he's basically admitted he was an idiot, hasn't he? I think he's apologised online. And mm. yeah, I've seen some interesting comments from some Carla fans towards him. We're a bit, 
yeah, unnecessary. But fans that were there, desperate yeah. for him to sign for us in the summer. Exactly. So it's a very, very strange behaviour that I guess. Um, Hayden White, as you mentioned already, he scored in Walsall for Walsall in their two-one win over Crawley Town. Andy Cook, uh, he scored again for Bradford, but his penalty wasn't enough as they lost three-one to. Northampton Town at home. Um, Adam Campbell scored for Gated. They picked up a, a bit of a surprise. Three-one home win over Southend United because Southend United have been flying. Gated have really been yeah, struggling yeah. this season. So that was a bit of a surprise one. Uh, and a nice combination here: Gavin Riley and Josh Todd both scored for Queen and South as they won four-one over Montrose at home. Mm. Um, only one of a bit of news, isn't there, Mike? And this is a real blast from the past. Yeah. For uh, for those yeah. probably were not one of the younger fans will remember, but um. Kevin Harper, remember him? Yeah, well, you say some of the younger fans won't remember. I think some of the older fans won't remember. Probably not, no. But actually, you know what? He came on loan under, I think it was under Neil McDonald, wasn't he? Neil McDonald, yeah. One season in charge. Actually, a good, tidy little player, wasn't he? And mm. I think there was a bit of a surprise we managed to get him on loan. Was it from mm. Stoke, I think, at the time? It was on loan from Stoke at the time, yeah. It was, yeah, and he, he was a lovely little player. You know, he, I don't think we could actually afford to keep him any longer than we had him on loan, mm. was it? Um, well, he he's a he lives up in Scotland. Obviously, he's from Scotland originally. Um, Didn't he have he, a shop selling suits? I think yeah, he's a proper like high end tailor, wasn't he, or something like that? Yeah. I think, but towards the end of his career, so he didn't really need them even football. Um, so he is uh, basically um, he was appointed as the manager of uh, I, I hope I'm going to pronounce this right, Lockheed United, which are based in Dundee. Um, part of the uh, SJFA, SJFA Midlands League. So that's the Scottish Junior Football Association Mid- Midlands League. Um, now, five days later, he's been sacked. <laughs> I don't think mm. he even managed... I'm not sure he even managed the game. I'm trying to find the details. Mm. But from what I can gather, um, yeah, it, it's very, very odd behaviour, isn't it? Um, apparently, one of the club's sponsors is actually pulled out of the sponsorship of the club as a result of the decision. It's really, really, really weird thing, isn't it? Um, if, interestingly, his first job back in management after two and a half years out, it was. So, yeah, apparently he's going to, he's threatening the club with uh, legal action as a result. So, um, interesting to see what happens there. We'll keep an eye on that one, see when he does uh, <laughs> take it up. But, um, but yeah, that's the only bit of news from the uh, XR section. And mm. that's it for this week, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, So. Uh, Interesting one, what we'll do next week, because uh, neither of us are going to this game, and I don't think Dan is either, so we're going to have to sort of rely on the highlights, I think, aren't we? So, um, Well, and anyone doing a 60-second review. Yeah, so if you're going to the game, and you fancy talking to us about it, drop us a message, whether it's on Twitter, by email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com, and uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely include your 60-second review, we're more than happy to do that, um, and hopefully, hopefully, come... Next week's recording, we'll know who who we've got in the third end of the FA Cup. That's what we're yeah, praying. We're crossing crossed. our fingers here. Yeah, we could be talking about a big cup tie. And on that point, actually, that's the, the thing I was going to say actually before we finish. That's what I was thinking about the Barrow game. So I think we need to be really promoting the Barrow game from Monday yeah. onwards. If we get a big draw in the cup, it's at home. Voucher system. It don't even need to be voucher, does it? Just say if you buy a ticket for the Barrow game, you are next in priority after season tickets mm. for the for the big game, whoever it's against. Mm. Instantly, you're pushing your crowd up towards 10k. Then I think yeah, we could easily yeah. get 10k for this game because both mm. teams are doing so well. They'll bring up 1500, you'd think. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll have their lovely day out in the big city. Mm. Um, get themselves back in time to watch England play, hopefully in a quarter final. That would be by then, I think. I think that potentially yes, would be a quarter final so. against France. Yeah. Possibly so that could be quite an interesting day. That. Yeah. Um, 
and yes i hope hopefully we'll be a really exciting day and um, we'll, we'll try and get adam johnson back on for that one um maybe to talk about the game beforehand as well we'll try and get a Sutton fan on next week as well hopefully but um but that's it for now and, and those interviews they are going to go out, uh, early next week we're going to get both of the um you said this last week i know i did but i've ended up having a stupid busy week annoyingly but i've, I've got a fairly quiet weekend so i'm hoping to get both the helping and dennis interviews uh, out early next week so you will get them i 100 promise but there you go <laughs> right mike thanks for joining me all right cheers uh thanks everyone for listening and most importantly of all up the blues Up the blues.